Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, it's another episode of the Believe in Potteries Prospects podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. San Diego's number one sports podcast network. This is episode 51. I just realized uh, it's, a, it's a Trevor Hoffman episode. I got the Trevor Hoffman bobblehead right here, and we're doing episode 51, so shout out Trevor. Going to play Hell's Bells intro? You know what? Yes. Nice. Maybe on, the, on, maybe on the way out. We'll see how I feel in post. On today's show, we had a trade a couple days ago. That came out of nowhere. Yeah, it did. <laughs> the MLB... Uh, had a, a freeze on all transactions. And then the minute they lifted it, Preller had one in the holster ready to go and just came out firing. Um, I didn't expect anything less from Preller, but but damn, we had a trade. So something to talk about uh, for a couple of days. And it turns out it wasn't that exciting. But, you know, trade's a trade. I'll take it. We're going to do a little spring training, baby spring training update or summer camp update. Summer camp. I, I like prefer summer, summer camp. camp better. In a, in a post-pandemic world where we're doing weird stuff, let's just let's have a summer camp just once. Did you I'm ever go camp. to summer camp, like one of those sleepaway ones? Sleepaway? No. Yeah, me neither. I kept it local because I'm, I'm a local dog and I uh, keep it here in the community. Where'd you go to summer camp? JCC? No. Just all YMCA? over. Yeah. What? Camps. Usually it was what? playing all-star baseball, so I didn't have much time for camps. <laughs> you, had a, you had a busy summer, huh? Oh, yeah. I kept winning tournaments, you know? That must have been it. Um, so we're going to talk about little spring training news. The schedule was released. So this was a big deal for me because usually when the schedule is released in baseball, you don't care, right? But now, like, it's a big deal. It's like when the NFL schedule gets released or when your college football schedule gets released. Like, it's it's huge news. So we're going to go over that. We're going to see what that's like. Um, what we like about it, what we don't like about it. And, uh, you know, finally, finally getting interesting baseball schedule talk, which is a first for me. So I'm embracing it. Hyper analyze each matchup, each result in every game on the schedule. It's gonna be fun. But first something I think worth noting as we inch closer and closer to baseball, just a few weeks away, we're seeing a lot of teams shutting spring training camps down, summer Summer camps camps down. Summer camps, sorry. Um, for a, a very various amount, varied, what am I trying to say? A variety, there it is, of reasons. One of them being uh, coronavirus testing. We've seen delays for some, I don't know how Major League Baseball teams are having delays with their testing, but damn, if we're having delays already and it's summer camp, then what are we going to be like in July? Some players are testing positive. We saw Tommy Pham test positive. And then around the league, Freddie Freeman is actually sick. So he's like, he's not one of these asymptomatic guys that we always hear about. He's sick. And then Jesus Lazardo, uh, my guy with the Oakland A's and then and some others, um, not a ton of guys of real consequence. And then guys that are opting out, you know, there, there's a few, I don't think it's going to be a problem because we, we see enough guys come out in support of playing that. I don't think there's going to be the snowball effect. Like some people think where, you know, one high profile guy, uh, backs out. So like Mike Trout, who has a pregnant wife, Zach Wheeler has a pregnant wife. Um, if for some reason those guys back out, I don't think we're going to see this snowball. 
But it's something to think about with a couple of these guys. If it's your team, it matters a lot. And I honestly don't know what I would do if I were in their shoes. You go, the options are go play, provide for your family and isolate from your newborn child, or you can stay at home um, and be there for them and lose money. So that's, that's a really tough decision that I'm glad I don't have to make. And I don't know, it's just something to think about going forward that, you know, more than as excited we, as, as we are for baseball, you have to remember there's more at stake here for some of these guys. And I wouldn't blame anyone for not playing if they, if that's what they decide to do. But, um, it's just a reminder that, you know, it's more than baseball for a lot of these guys. If you have a new, a new kid on the way, um, it's, it's a big deal. So I hope that we have the season and it looks like everything's, I mean, the second wave happened as baseball is starting. So I'm glad we got the wheels turning. So at least we're on the path for baseball, but if it gets shut down at some point, it wouldn't totally shock me. Yeah. I think we'll start it up and then I'm not convinced that we'll finish the season. That would really suck. Can you imagine if we get into late August and the Padres are in the playoffs, you know, like projected they're in the standings, they, they have a, a playoff spot and then the season gets shut down and canceled. We'd print shirts, right? That'd be so Padres. And yes, we would print the hell out of those shirts. <laughs> <laughs> COVID champions 2020. We'd have to think something more PC. Than yeah, that, we could think of something better. More, more PC for sure. Uh, so spring training update. Let's get right into this. If you noticed, none of the games are on TV, which what are we doing, guys? Like these inter-squad games that are happening. How, how is nothing on TV? Yeah, I Everyone, saw a friend of the program at Real Tommy Morris running through the park at the park yesterday and took a picture of the inner squad game. He just he didn't want to take a seat for a couple minutes and watch. He, he's just doing his Tommy thing, running around. Oh yeah, you know he's a big workout guy. Surprised he wasn't up at five a.m. for his normal run. I mean, he probably was. He probably got two in second run of the day. Yeah, I mean, I try not to get more than two in per day. You know, you know me. Yep. The young guys are there, which is interesting. And as we talked about, they're not going to be playing much in the first couple of days. Even they were just, I think, pinch running. But some of the older, some of the older minor league guys are getting some some hacks in. And we just saw um, Gore go against Paddock the other day. So that's interesting to watch. But one thing of note, I was uh, listening to some stuff the other day, talking about the the size of the rosters. So we know that there's a 30-man active roster and a total of a 60-man player pool, which is, it, I mean, taxi squad's probably not even an accurate term for it anymore. I think they're just calling it the player pool. And they'll be trading guys in and out as the season goes on. You're on the active roster one day, you're back off it the next day. And the roster's going to be shrinking all season. I didn't even realize this. They, really? I don't think they've come out and, you know, made up all the rules, what the season is going to look like so far, which is interesting we're kind of learning about these things as they happen. Doesn't that kind but, of take away from the whole, like, Oh, with COVID we have these extra people. Well, it's going to be, I, for the first few weeks, I guess uh, it only really affects, um, you know, the, the top, top guys. Cause the, the prospects that weren't playing a lot at the beginning, aren't going to play a lot in the, anyway. It, True. And here's where it, it does. Yeah, the schedule, the, the roster is going to shrink. So it's going to go after the first few weeks, it's going to go from 30 to 28. And then it's going to go from 28 to 26 a couple of weeks later. And that's the number they were going to settle on anyway for the new 
rosters going forward in 2020. They're going to have 26 man rosters instead of 25. But the the key here is that the player pool is still 60. So no, it doesn't crush anyone's dreams of playing this year because they're going to be subbing in guys, subbing in and out constantly, especially pitchers. So yeah, if you don't make the 30 man roster or by the, by mid season, if you don't make the 26 man roster, you're still in that player pool. Like Owen Miller could get called up next week, play for a couple of days. It's not like it used to be in the past where he's in El Paso and it's, he's, he's an hour away at Lake Elsinore probably. But that doesn't affect your options, does it? They're kind of doing away with that this year. I don't think they know yet. I don't. I don't think they've made a ruling on how that's going to affect your options. Um, I'm guessing no, because they're going to be up and down all the time. You wouldn't have that. Does not going to affect your options at all. One thing that right. does that does matter is your uh, service time. So there's going to be this. You know how they always hold players down to protect their service time going forward. In, right. The Chris Bryant rule. Yeah, what did it you you end up staying in the minors for a few weeks to protect your service time, player team control over your your contract for an extra year. Um, this year it's going to be I think seven days. So if you're not on the active roster for the first seven days, the team will keep your control uh, that full extra year. So that's going to matter for a lot of the really young guys. Yeah, I mean, there's no point in putting Gore in in the first seven games. No, and they honestly don't really need him because he's a pitcher, starting pitcher, and that's what they are going to use him as, I think. Uh, maybe like an opener where he goes three innings or you know, something like that. So he's not a position player that they're relying on. Like the Dodgers are going to be relying on Gavin Lux a lot. The, the White Sox are going to be relying on Luis Robert a lot. The Nationals with Carter Keboom. Those are position players that we anticipate having full-time jobs right out of the gate. It's not like a pitcher where you can hide him for a week and it's not that big of a deal. Those guys, they might have to fudge some numbers if they want to keep an extra year of control on them. Right. But with the Padres, luckily we don't have guys that that's really going to matter for position player wise, like Taylor Trammell. We don't need you for any amount of any, you know, significant amount of time this year. It's just the way it is. Unless there's an injury later in the season. Right. The good news here, uh, all the boys are at Petco doing the inter-squad games. Like we talked about, fans are watching Petco the, uh, are watching from Park at the Park, unless you're Tommy and then you're just running through Park at the Park. So I think that's really cool, and I'm glad they're doing inter-squad, and it's happening all around baseball. Gorvey Paddock, like I mentioned, was on the other day, and I don't know how this was not on TV. Gorvey Paddock would have gotten huge numbers in San Diego. F- Fox Sports... San Diego, like, what are you playing on TV that's more interesting than a Gore v. Paddock inter-squad game? What are the Padres doing? You want to make some extra revenue during this time where you're making nothing and there's no fans? Ron Fowler was crying about losing $100 million this season. Throw that game on, stream it, make me pay $5, and I'll watch it. There's your money. Look at you, businessman. Yeah, right? You just thought of that on the spot. <laughs> you, would have, you would have paid for that, right? $5 pay-per-view? thousand percent make it more i was trying to be you know conservative it was 20 i don't think i would have done it honestly to watch paddock gore for two innings because they're gonna get pulled you know yeah but someone would have paid for it then you would have found the illegal reddit stream so maybe i don't think (laughs) i wouldn't want to do that to the padres like i would just just make it three to five dollars and i'd pay for it i'm not i wouldn't steal that stream okay I care about my guys. Sure. Hey, 
Watch yourself. <laughs> uh, it was interesting hearing Eric Hosmer talk about uh, Mackenzie Gore. So Kevin Acey had some quotes after the game. Hosmer said, or Gore said he was he felt off during the game. But Hosmer came out and said, if he was off, he's in for a really good career. So you like to hear that from love even that. If that. Even if it's Eric Hosmer, you love to hear it. I'm not taking these games very seriously other than like, I'm just happy they're playing and they're all healthy for now. Um, fam who's tested positive for COVID is out, but he's, you know, healthy at least Kirby Yates just came back. I think he was dealing with some family stuff. Was um, he in Hawaii? What's that? Was he in Hawaii? I don't know. Maybe he's a Kauai guy. Yeah. But other than that, I, I just know he's back and he's about to start playing again. So Paddock also of note, uh, working on what he's calling a cutter, what AC says looks like a slider. So I need to see that for myself before I make any judgments, but yeah, there's the paddock. Can't trust anything AC says. There's the paddock, the new pitch for paddock, the paddock pitch that we've been talking about for a while. Um, he's been trying to throw something new. He's got that show me curveball that he throws like 5% of the time. If he has a cutter, I'd be really happy with a cutter to play off that fastball. That'd be nice. But if it's got a bigger sweep than, you know, it's not the end of the world. If it's a bigger sweeping slider, uh, we'll see once we get into some game action here. Gore picked off a couple guys, two Eric big Lauer? leaguers, Profar and Grisham. Is so those Gore are, better than Lauer? I was going to say, he's not the new Eric Lauer until he can do it in a game. But I'm going to miss Eric Lauer picking everybody off. I mean, first, that was one of my favorite Grisham, things to watch. The two guys he picked off, two like fairly decent runners. Yeah, guys that we anticipate making noise on the base pass. They're not going to steal 40 bases, but they're doing stuff out there. At least 10, over 10. Maybe they were just testing Gore. I could see that too. Especially Profar, they were, who's I mean, they guy. were working on like first move with lefty. Yeah. You, you have to take everything you hear. This is spring training again. You have to take everything you hear with a grain of salt. So Profar and Grisham both get picked off. Okay, they were working on something new. We have no idea what they were doing. Right. I really doubt it was Gore showing like this incredible move that they've never seen before. And they're like, oh, damn, that kid. Got to watch this guy. Right. I'll I mean, Gore's never had people on base. How is he working on pickoff moves? True. Maybe he was talking to Eric Lauer last year. Should the Padres just trade back for Eric Lauer and make him the pickoff coach? <laughs> That's your only job? I mean, there's got to be enough tape on him that the lefties should be able to learn it. Be interesting. Um, has any, Have you been paying attention to any of the guys? So uh, has anything you know, grabbed your attention so far. It's, it's still just spring training, like I said, and none of these things happening in the games are that exciting. I don't really care who's hit a home run off of who. It doesn't matter yet. But has anything interested you so far? Um, Not really. The only thing that kind of stuck out to me was the Indians banning Fran Mill from coming to their practices. That was pretty funny. For, he was not wearing a mask while at a party, and so they banned him from coming. And apparently they're not mad. When you say the word ban, it sounds really aggressive, but I don't think they said they weren't mad. They were just, you know, being safe and cautious because they don't want any, they're hoping he doesn't have the virus and they don't want him to, you know. They weren't mad. They were just disappointed, which is even worse. <laughs> that is the worst, isn't it? I still have, still have nightmares about disappointing. Oh, terrible. So I was, I, I just noticed that Eric Hosmer's launch angle is finally looking good. Usually when you watch him take BP, he's 
pounding the dirt in front of home plate. So it's nice to see him getting some loft on the ball. Things like that. So if you if you're making a mechanical change and you're adding loft to your swing, I like to see you do that consistently in practice games. That's that's nice. If you're not doing it, that's a huge red flag if you're having the same results. But so far, so good. It seems like he's doing it. Only time will tell. We're we're betting the under or we're betting the over on that two sixty, by the way. Okay. I mean, we're gonna bet a lot on it. And by a lot, I mean like twenty bucks. You never tell the uh, unit size. <laughs> I think there's nothing wrong with that. That's a big bet for us. You. Schedule talk. Do you see the schedule came out, Wade? I did see the schedule come out. I, f- I feel like when the schedule is released, it's the first step towards a real season. That means, you know, everything's happening. MLB is all in on it. I don't think once we get things moving like this, once the schedule drops, it's, it's much harder to stop the season. So what was exciting about this was we get to see, we, we kind of knew what was going to happen. It's the Padres playing against all the NL West teams and then also against the AL West, but we weren't sure how things were going to break down yet. Now we can see how it breaks down. So in my opinion, this is one of the best outcomes the Padres could have had. And one it's going to make, it's, it's going to make the difference past. between possibly winning 30, 31, 32 games and winning like 26, 27 games. Yeah. So we got six games versus the Mariners, which is even more than I had hoped for. And the Mariners are terrible. We got four versus the Rangers and the Angels, who are both solid teams, but you know, not great. And then three versus the Astros and the A's, who are the two best teams in the in the AL West and potentially World Series contenders. The, a- the Astros, for sure. The A's are more of a dark horse World Series contender, but still a very good team. So the, the minimum number you could have against the two best teams in the maximum number against our rival, the Vetter Cup rival uh, Mariners, which is the best thing we could have hoped for. Three P. Those three Astros games, by the way, all at Petco. Does that and- even matter anymore, though? <laughs> uh, sure, because we don't have to travel. They're traveling. True. I don't think it was the fans that made. I, I don't know how much home road splits really matter in baseball because the Padres were basically the same last year. Uh, yeah. And with all this, you know, like COVID thing going on, it's like there's no like real restaurants for the people to go out to. So they're like, where am I getting my meal even like stuff like that? It's going to matter a lot for those NBA teams who go to Miami on the back on the back end of a doubleheader, you know. Because, you know, the infamous the infamous Miami hangovers like Atlanta, Miami, those are the in New York. Those are the cities where like the guys go out the night before. Now you don't have that problem in, in the NBA, at least. And MLB, hopefully. Yeah, but you're playing the Marlins. You can afford to do it. But I'm hoping the players aren't in these current situation times going out. Well, nothing's open here, and I don't think they will be. Well, you know, by by midseason, um, they could be. But I think I think the teams are going to have a a good grasp on their players and educating them throughout the year and be like, hey guys, it's a three month season. Let's let's be cool about this. If you're going to hang out, hang out with each other don't go out anywhere. You know, I think that's possible. One would hope. I know they're young. A lot of these guys are young and rich and kind of naive, but I think for this season, they can, they can step up three games in Oakland, whatever. 
Um, didn't get those at home, but I'd rather make the Astros fly out here than, than have to go to Houston. NL West teams were playing everybody 10 times. So the D-backs were getting seven games at home. The Dodgers were getting six games at home. The Rockies, three games at home, which gives you that nice little Coors Field bump for your fantasy guys. That's seven games on the road in Coors. Not bad. So that's going to matter. I mean, a short sample size, seven games at Coors, that's a, that's a big boost for the Padres hitters if you're playing fantasy, if you're, if you're gambling on some over-unders, you know? That's so strange four, that they didn't just do five and five. It, there has to be a reason for it in the schedule. Travel, um, there, there's probably, good. I haven't gone too deep into this to figure out like, okay, well, why are they doing this for this game? And why are they, uh, there's a lot of four game series on the schedule. I don't, I don't know if that there's, there's a reason for that. I think it's, it's to minimize travel. And so if you have a four game series, it makes it a lot more difficult to balance it five and five. I don't get why they weren't just like, okay, we play 10 times diamondbacks, like five here, five there, then move on to the Dodgers, five here, five there, move on to the Rockies. Like, do yeah, it they like can that. do it. They can do whatever they want. Maybe teams didn't want to be in one place playing the same team for five days in a row. And then yeah. if you do that, your I don't know, your, your schedule becomes, I don't know, it's a long, it's a long time to be on the road too, but it's not, on, they do that kind of stuff all the time. I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that one, but maybe you should talk to somebody about that. I will. I'll take it up. Giants. We're getting four at home. Is the last last team on the, the list here. I mean, at least we don't have to have the uh, most annoying fans in baseball come down to Petco for those four at home. The Giants fans, yeah. Where do oh, they yeah. come out of, man? They're it's come they out of like they hide among us. Yeah, they're worse than the Dodger fans. I don't think it's that I close. Completely agree. So, are you, any thoughts on that schedule before we we move on here? I'm I'm very happy with the schedule. The AL West matchups couldn't have been better. And then the, get it. Yeah, I, like I mean, the only thing games. I haven't looked at, like the uh, Angels or D-backs or the Dodgers or D-backs schedules. Did they get some of the tougher teams that we didn't more? Dodgers play the Houston Astros four times. Dodgers play Los Angeles Angels six times. Their longest road trip will be nine games. They stuck those couple games in July on me. I read that from some. Dodgers website. So what was that with the Houston Astros four times? Four times. Yeah, it's interesting. Okay. So I mean that's advantage Padres, hopefully, but let's see how many times the Diamondbacks play them. Because I think it's between us and the D backs for that wild card spot. Well, there's some other good teams in there too. The the Reds, I think, are a lot of people's trendy pick to make the wild card. There's a lot of I mean there I think almost Every team in the National League is a contender to make the wild card. The Giants aren't. Um, like the Pirates aren't. The Marlins aren't. But most of the teams are contenders. So it's going to it's gonna be tight. I think we're going to see a very tight race at the end. The Diamondbacks play the Astros six times. That's huge. <laughs> yeah. Advantage Padres. Love it. Let's all right the trade. I never heard of half of these guys, and the ones I do know are way past the prime. Most of these guys never had a prime. This guy here is dead. Jorge Mateo. So what was your first reaction when you heard that the Padres are getting Jorge Mateo? Who? That's a, that's a solid first reaction. 
Um, I've heard the name just because he was a former prospect of note with the with the A's. With um, the Yankees, right? Started with the Yankees, then moved over to the A's. And when, when you go to the A's, you kind of get more prospect attention. So sh- play shortstop, play second, can play outfield. Mostly a speed guy. Not a great hit tool. Last year, he put up some really big numbers in AAA, but playing the Pacific Coast League, we know how that goes. His 19 home runs and 24 stolen bases, hitting hitting 289 with a 330 on base, sounds okay. But in the PCL, his weighted runs created plus was 96, and that's below league average. So he's not even that impressive for you know a minor leaguer, and he's 25 years old playing in the Pacific Coast League. Walks too little. It's a 5% walk rate. Strikes out. You know, it's okay. 25.6% uh, K rate last year. But that's going to be, that's going to go up against major league pitchers. You have to remember, remember what Hunter Renfro did? He hit 300 in the, in the Pacific Coast League with 30 home runs and was like yep. an MVP. Yeah. So it, it, it doesn't really matter. And I've seen 80 grade speed on him is like a, is a, Stolen base threat, which is nice. He can play center field, which is nice because I, I've seen people in the industry, um, most notably Keith Law, say that the Padres don't have a legitimate center fielder right now. And you can say, yeah, I mean, I think I think the tr- trade was to kind of get him in and see if he potentially could be an option in center field. I don't think they're actually looking at him long term for short or second. They're like taking a flyer on this guy, being like, can he be a center fielder? I would agree with that. And the, the zips projections on him aren't very good. He's like a, a, a 10 homer, 10 stolen base guy. That's not going to give you great batting average. And he's not going to give you good on base percentage. He, he kind of reminds me of jerks and profar is like the washed up uh, prospect. Who's now trying to find a home, you know, a second life is a, is a post prospect sleeper guy. Um, he's just, other than the speed and none of the tools are that exciting. And I think he's kind of just going to be a guy until we figure out how best to use him. And if that's kind of as a super utility guy, I'm guessing that's kind of where he ends up. Do you, I mean, do you know the rule this season with the extra inning guy starting on second base? Can it be anybody? Um, no, I don't know. But if I remember correctly in the, in years past when they've talked about it or when the minor leaguers were doing it i think it's the guy who was last up in the previous inning but why can't you pinch run for him is that a rule i don't know right like couldn't he just be the extra inning pinch runner yeah you have eric Hosmer go out to second base because he was the last out but then you pinch run for eric Hosmer with jorge mateo i don't see anything wrong with that and then josh naylor could slide to first base there's a lot of versatility or versatile things we can do with that lineup if, if you're allowed to do that that is Right. Could that be kind of Preller's thinking long or just just short term for this season? Maybe there's there's other fast guys on the team. So like Franchi Cordero, Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, But Jorge Mateo, if he's a legit 80 speed, he's probably the one of the fastest guys on the team. It doesn't hurt to have him around as the is the guy coming off the bench. It makes sense. I don't think he's an impact offensively this year or. Um, you know, I think you're, you're hoping to strike gold if you're Preller and you trade for him, the A's, he was out of options with the A's, so they had to cut him or trade him. And so that was kind of the motivation on their side and they're only getting a player to be named later. And I wanted to 
guess with you, did you get, did you look at the show notes at all? Who do you think is your player to be named later choice? So I'm just hoping it's not friend of the program, Travis Radke. I think he needs to stay around. Just, it better not be him. I think the A's, I, I don't remember the rule on this. If the player to be named later has to be one of the, one of the guys on the 60 man player pool. I believe it does. I think it does too. And so with the Padres still having, what, is it eight spots left? Yeah. They could just uh, stash someone there that they know they're going to trade. That's, I mean, that that's, I think the player has, they already know who the player is, but it's yeah. just a player that's not put on their 60 man yet. That's, that, that's really sneaky if that's what they decide to do. And I'm all for it. I was thinking a candidate for a player to be named later is a guy that the A's are going to think still has some upside left that maybe hasn't lived up to his expectations yet. Is still younger and has some development. And I was going to guess Jordy Barley, who was a, a 2016 international signing during the big, the big 2016 class. He had a lot of hype play shortstop. Hasn't really achieved that much in the minors yet. Mostly hanging out in the lower minors, but Jordy Barley, I thought um, if I were the A's, I'd be, focus on a guy like that, at least, you know, not Travis Radke, unfortunately. What about Buddy Reed? Is Buddy Reed even on the team still? I have no idea. <laughs> I have a memory of Buddy Reed uh, getting traded. Yeah, he played at Amarillo last year. He was the player to be named later in the Profar trade. That's it. Okay. So they already have him. <laughs> They've got buddy a good guess though. You nailed it. <laughs> um, so yeah, someone I guess someone like that. Maybe what if it's Jorge Onya? Who hasn't hasn't been placed on the 60 man yet because he's been battling this shin or foot infection. Um, some weird injury he got. But I expect him as an older guy. He's like, I think he's approaching 24. He was one of the older international guys the Padres signed during that J2 uh, 2016 class. A lot of upside. He hasn't played a lot yet. And what about and Michael Geddes? Michael Geddes could be too. He's he's definitely is he on the sixty man right now? I do not. I don't believe he is. I don't have it up in front of me right now. But I think Geddes before yeah before the season starts, I imagine he would be added if he's not already. And I think his upside, I don't think is as high as Onya. If I were the A's, I'd rather have Onya. So. But, you know, with the, with the trade, the, it could be Gettys. I w- it wouldn't be crazy. And I think Gettys still has some untapped potential that the A's might be looking at. Gettys is not currently on the 60-man. But there's still there's time and there's room. Neither is Jorge Onya. Yeah. Onya's been hurt. But Gettys, Gettys still has power. He has speed. He, he can play defense in the corners. Um, the hit tool is lacking a little bit. But, yeah, I think, I think Gettys is a good call. And I think Onya is a good call. Better than Barley, actually. I don't think Barley would be considered. So we'll be, yeah, we'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, that's gonna do it, Wade. What do you think of the show today? Good show. Yeah, good show out of you. Thank you guys Thanks. for listening. Please follow the show's Twitter account at Fire Farmhands, and if you enjoy the show, subscribe. We're on all your favorite platforms: iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Please leave your comments, questions, concerns, and your rating of the show on all platforms. You've been listening to the Believe in Padres Prospects podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. 
San Diego's number one sports podcast network. I am Ryan Hart. That was Wade. We'll see you all next week. We love you, Trevor. Hoffman. Oh, Hoffman. I thought you were going with Travis because of Travis Raggy. Oh, I could have gone that too. That was confusing. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.